It's a bird. No, it's a plane. It's Jorge Muniz Medical Comic. Hello and welcome listeners to a career profile episode of Head to Toe. This is an interview with Jorge Muniz, a physician assistant who is also a comic artist. He draws educational comics involving anatomy and physiology and medicine. Jorge has several illustrated books out there, and if you are a professional in the cardiac medicine world, you've probably seen one or two of his images. Jorge gives us the lowdown on how he got into drawing comics and how that eventually translated into mixing medicine and art. Please enjoy. Loud and clear, yeah. Wonderful. Okay, well, again, welcome, Jorge, to Head to Toe. Thanks so much for being part of this. Thank you for having me. Jorge Muniz, physician assistant and comic artist extraordinaire. <laughs> you can say that, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. So, um, since you and I have uh, connected uh, through LinkedIn, I've actually seen one or two of your images in um, presentations, for like educational presentations. Oh, really? Yeah, and I thought... Oh my gosh, I get to talk to that guy. <laughs> yeah, I actually get um, students from around the country that are in PA programs. They every once in a while send me like a picture of their lecture using one of my drawings in their PowerPoint presentation. And that's always really great to see. Yeah, to yeah. See the artwork kind of traveling around the country like that. So tell me a little bit about your history in healthcare. Well, I had a I did a bachelor's in biology um, at George Mason University. And after that, I pretty much went into a PA program. And so I graduated from Nova Southeastern in Orlando in 2013. And I immediately went into orthopedic surgery in a hospital. So I did that for a couple of years and then transitioned into primary care, mainly geriatric medicine, Spanish-speaking population, and an office setting. And most recently, I've gone back to the hospital to work in cardiology. So now I'm a cardiology PA. <laughs> awesome. What drew you to cardiology? Well, mainly I I started working on a new book in my last job, and that that's a book on EKG interpretation. And I mainly chose that topic because I thought, well, EKG interpretation is already a visual subject. It's fairly complicated, and electrophysiology is an abstract concept, so I thought it would fit really well with what I do and to try to teach that in a new way. And over time, as I was writing about this stuff, researching it, I actually became very invested in it and enjoyed it a lot more than I would. And by the end of it, I thought, well, what better way now to uh, even dive further into the, into the subject than become a, a PA in that specialty? So I, I looked for opportunities and something, it, it all lined up really well that I, I finished the book and then I was able to like immediately jump into the specialty. And, and I'm also really excited about it because I, I will be focusing in on the um, electrophysiology side of cardiology, which deals with um, the, the electrophysiologist puts in pacemakers and um, ICDs and deals with arrhythmias. So it's a very fascinating side of cardiology. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, the EP studies where they're doing like those 3D sort of uh, images of the yeah. heart, like that's fascinating. The technology is really growing. So 
Yeah, they map the heart out and, and do ablations. It's, it's really cool. So how did you get into drawing comics? Did you receive formal training of any kind? No, um, I guess I've always drawn since I was a little kid. I've always been, you know, interested in artwork. And growing up, I watched a lot of Saturday morning cartoons and things like that. And I've always wanted to kind of be an artist. And in college, uh, probably is when I started getting into digital art. And so I just sort of researched what type of tablets do professional artists use? What what techniques do they use? And there's digital tablets where you draw right on the screen and the line shows up. And the harder you press with the pen, the thicker the line. And so I just started practicing all the time and I got better and better over time. Maybe, you know, I would watch YouTube videos to kind of learn different techniques. But but that was about 10 years ago. So at this point, I have about 10 years of graphic art and digital art experience that I've been able to, to combine with medicine. And, and, and the reason I, I chose comics is because uh, in middle school, I guess, I was kind of a video game nerd, and there's a lot of video game comic strips that you, the artists use this technique of digital art and digital cartoons, and so I kind of researched how they do things and, and made it my own. Awesome. Awesome. Did you? So you said video games. Did you read comics as, as a kid? Did you have like a favorite series or character that kind of drew you into it? Uh, not necessarily comics per se, but I did like Nickelodeon 90s cartoons. So there was a, an, a, a, a weird cartoon in the 90s called Ren and Stimpy. I offer records! Covered in bubblegum! It was, it was a, a cartoon that focused a lot on facial expressions and had a very unique style. And that's the type of kind of style that I was trying, I, I emulate a little bit. And then I also, as a kid, liked Looney Tunes and, and Disney cartoons. So there's a little bit of that that I aspire to. I, I, always, I always try to improve um, my art with time. So it takes a lot of practice. Yeah, yeah. I remember Ren and Stimpy. I totally remember yeah, that Nickelodeon cartoon. <laughs> Yeah, it's a really weird kind of cartoon with kind of a twisted sense of humor, mm-hmm. but I thought it was a unique form of art. So, what drew you to medicine in the first place? Medicine, well, in undergrad, I actually was planning on as I did my studies, I was thinking about becoming a dentist. And so, all my undergrad prerequisites and things were towards dentistry, but by the time I was a senior, I I I knew that it wasn't for me. I, I just didn't have any interest in it. I just let the DAT pass. And then I have a cousin who is an internal medicine physician, and he told me a little bit more about PAs and what they do. As I started researching it, I just found it to be something that would I would I would like a lot. And it's a dynamic uh, profession. You can you know laterally move to different specialties. You 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 can be autonomous, take care of patients, and there's a lot to learn uh, wherever you go. So I was I was very interested in it, and it ended up being the best decision I ever made. I love being a PA. Um, you get to help people, and 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 I'm I'm very science oriented. I like learning and and. Uh, reading things, uh, so it just it was a good fit. Yeah, yeah, I think being a in medicine does allow you to be flexible in that in that respect. Um, perhaps being a PA more so than an MD or a DO or things where you have to be in school for like five centuries. So, <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, that was 
So from your medical work, do you do you have an anecdote from say a patient um, or a coworker or another physician that it's a story from your from your work in healthcare that sticks with you? Yeah, the the anecdotes that I I remember from that have stuck with me tend to be from my primary care experience. In in those situations where you have the a patient that you follow up with over time, you you do develop a sort of bond and and establish that personal relationship that sometimes uh like for example when i was in orthopedic surgery you see the patient take care of them for maybe that day and never see them again but um the the things that stick with me is for example when i have an elderly patient that his loved one has passed away and you you just take the time to listen and kind of let them vent you know their heart is broken but you're there for them, you know, and it, it's, it's not a, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's not really something you're taught in school. It's not, okay, I have to prescribe this medication or I have to follow this algorithm to treat this patient. It's, it's just you being real with that patient at that moment when they really need it. And, and it's probably something that they don't get very often from um, many healthcare providers because a lot of times we're in such a rush to either get through the day or focus on the EMR or whatever the case may be. But I always, when, when I, when I recognize that a patient needs that sort of uh, connection, I always make sure that um, they receive it from me. So um, not really a specific anecdote, but uh, it's just something that I'm always in tune with, you know, the general rewards of the profession. Yeah. So if, if, if you were to go to, say, an elementary school uh, for career day and, you know, you were, I am a medical comic, and they said, well, what is the day in the life of a medical comic like? How, what would you tell them? Like, what you're, do you go to work and then you go home straight to your drawing board? Or what would you say? So the life of a medical comic, well, I would say it's, it's a, a bit of a sacrifice, and it's actually a lot of fun because you have to do your research in cartoons and you have to be very much connected with that field. So I have my foot in the cartoon world and in the medical world. So you have to become an expert in both. And that can be a little bit of a sacrifice because you have to sacrifice time and time is very valuable. But where you put your time makes a big difference. The time is going to pass. And I think when you sacrifice time in a good way, it's it's basically an investment. You're working towards something that in the in the end it will be unique, something that maybe someone else hasn't done before. You can you can take that and apply it to all forms of art, whether it's music, with technology now. There's YouTube. Uh, you know, you're doing a podcast, for example. So I think combining medicine with any other interest you have, if, if you're a medical professional, if you're a kid looking up to become a medical professional in the future, but you also have other hobbies, I think it's a great idea to try to combine that, those two things because it's, your profession is something you do every day and it's kind of what you make money from, you know, your career, but that other passion can be very important to you. And I think if you combine the two, well, you never know what you're going to get. And you will probably inspire other people as well to, to do new things. As far as how I, I make my drawings and things like that, I, I usually draw mostly on the weekends. When I was writing this second book, it was something that I took me a long time. I would, I would think about it in the mornings, uh, during lunch and at night and work on it all night uh, until it was done. It, it was a lot of work. 
now that I finished that book, I am drawing a little less because it, it was it was a little stressful. But and, and focusing on drawing on the weekends and and maybe learning during the week, med- medical journals and things like that. Hey, listeners, guess what? I got a sponsor. This episode of Head to Toe is sponsored by Lux Pillow. Lux Pillow's goal is to help you fall asleep faster, feel better, and achieve more. Did you know that the CDC reports one in three Americans suffer from poor sleep? I bet there are hospital and healthcare workers out there listening right now that can attest to that. Night Shift, I'm talking to you. Lux Pillow products are engineered with 3C technology, which means each pillow has three separate compartments, a structured core and two outer chambers of soft supportive fill. So you have both structure and support in one pillow. You guys, these pillows are amazing. As healthcare providers and caregivers, we can't underestimate the power and importance of quality rest. So quit tossing and turning and get your best sleep ever with a Lux pillow. Stay tuned for a special coupon code mentioned at the end of the podcast that will get you a discount. And now back to the show. Would you say that most of your inspiration comes from other cartoons then? Or would you say that you, you draw inspiration from other, other things in life too? Say if you go to a museum or other artwork? Yeah, uh, definitely draw inspiration from cartoons that I grew up watching as a kid. And when I brainstorm or drawing, I try to throw in a joke in every cartoon. I try to incorporate a little bit of my personality in my artwork. That, that inspiration probably comes from just my life experience. So whenever people are working on art, I'm sure they draw from influences, whether it be music or other movies, TV shows, and I try to do that too. Do you have a favorite comic or piece of work that you have done? There is a recent one I did where it's the categorization of heart failure, um, the functional classification system for the New York uh, Heart Association. So it classifies heart failure um, into four different classes. I really enjoy that drawing. It's it's and, and it's on my website for everyone to see. It's it's free. I, I like that one because I turned the heart into a cartoon character and it helps you visualize the different classes of heart failure. Yeah, very cool. It's very cool stuff, listeners. You guys got to go check out his work. You kind of alluded it to it before talking about how time and sacrifice are important to pursuing your side hustles and your passions outside of your career. Um, other than that, do you have advice for healthcare workers out there wanting to also do creative work or get started on a, a, a passion project that they just haven't really had time for or the guts to really start yet? Well, one thing I would say is don't be afraid for people to judge you or don't be embarrassed to do something different. I think as a as a profession in higher education and in medicine, when you look at educational materials, a- academic resources, it's all fairly uptight. Or I don't know if that's the right word, but it's very traditional and there's not a lot of variety in terms of the presentation. So I, I would encourage everyone to think outside the box and don't be afraid to be judged by your peers just because you're presenting information in a different way. In medicine, sometimes the the style of teaching is to to you know they use the word pimping, which is putting people on the spot to learn, and it kind of has a negative connotation. But I think there's a different side to teaching that's very positive. It can be humorous, have a good time with it, and I think if you do that, people will look for more of your work. If you if you're passionate about what you do, it, it will go a long way. It's not just about, for example, if you have a side hustle, just making money. I think 
You also have to think about the material you're putting out there. Is it really going to benefit your audience? If, if you were the audience, would you want to see this? Um, so I always, for example, when I make my artwork, I put myself in the, in the shoes of a student. If I was a student, would this really help me? Would I find it fun, interesting? Otherwise, sometimes I'll start an idea and I'll throw it out because I, I don't want to put stuff out there that, that's just a gimmick or doesn't really help anyone. You got to hold yourself up to a high standard, but at the same time, be creative and kind of bold in what you do. Yeah, well said. Yeah, well said. I think mm-hmm. you're right, too, about traditional um, healthcare education. I, re- I remember nursing school at times being very monochromatic. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I sometimes remember the videos being from like 1972 and folks, I graduated in 2009. (laughs) So I think there is room for growth and room for mixing of medicine and, and art. Yeah, I feel like medicine in general is is very far behind other fields. When you go to the hospital, you look at the EMR system. The technology just seems so outdated compared to other industries. If you look at it from also the, an entertainment side, we're behind. We we could be putting stuff out on the internet that is just more up to date, more fun, and and keeps up to speed with everyone. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree entirely. Is there any anything out there that you think is sort of maybe doing that? I I can think of one CPR video that maybe the American Heart Association put out. Um, with the mm-hmm. Bee Gees, and it's an actor who is also a doctor, and he was from the movie The Hangover. I can't remember his name, but... Hey, guys. So that actor I couldn't remember, his name is Ken Jeong, and he is in The Hangover, and you can watch his American Heart Association hands-only CPR video on YouTube. Check the show notes for the link. That's like one example where I feel like, oh, yeah, that hit the mark. That was mass that that was seen by lots of people and it was understandable and it was new and modern. And you're right. I don't think there's a whole lot of it out there. Yeah. I think one of the more prominent figures in medicine that's doing something creative is uh, Dr. Zuvin Demania, the Z-Dog MD. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him, but. Oh yeah. I've sent him some fan mail. Yeah. He's, he's very funny. He's done a lot of interesting YouTube videos. I really appreciate his work. Great example. Z-Dog is the man. I agree. If someone yeah. out there listening, uh, where can they find your work? A lot of my artwork is, is available on medcomic.com, M-E-D-comic.com. And I have a library of, of drawings I've done since 2013, basically. There's a lot of images there. I have a couple books on Amazon that are, one is a collection of my artwork from the medcomic kind of uh, library of illustrations. And and then I just recently completed a EKG book that's an illustrated guide to ECG interpretation. Okay, check it out, guys. I will make sure to put those links in the show notes. If someone would wants to use your images for professional use for lectures like we were talking about, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, that's something I really encourage. I love when people use the images in lectures. There's there's no fee to do that. You, I, I would just ask that, for example, the, the a citation is there mentioning medcomic.com and my name. But you can just grab the images from medcomic.com and copy and paste them into a PowerPoint uh, lecture, for example. Okay. All right. Thank you for having me on the show, Marie. I really appreciate it. And uh, I will be continuing to put out artwork, so you can follow me at medcomic.com. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. It was uh, a pleasure. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Marie. Sure. Not. 
And there you have it, listeners. Thank you to Jorge Muniz for being today's guest. Be sure to check out his work at medcomic.com. Okay, side note, after I cut the mic with Jorge, we ended up gushing about Z-Dog MD's work on Facebook and YouTube. If you haven't seen Z-Dog's work or even heard of Z-Dog MD, number one, push that gigantic rock off your face, crawl out from the hiding place that you're clearly hiding in, and number two, go watch his music videos and his online show, Incident Report, and his Doc Vader videos, which I cannot get enough of. You guys... He's not just a goofball. He's a legit doctor and an an advocate for the medical profession and a sought-after conference speaker and role model in today's healthcare landscape. Personally, I think his mashing of art and medicine and common sense and hilarious debunking of schmiancy BS is just unmatched. All right, now, I'm slightly afraid you will abandon listening to my show since you'll be sucked into the Z-Dog black hole, which is fine. But come back and listen to more of Head to Toe and get in touch with me. Listeners, I love hearing from you. Please feel free to email me at macmillanpages at gmail.com. Connect with me on Facebook or LinkedIn. And of course, there's more at my website, mariemacmillan.com. Or leave me a voicemail on the podcast feedback line, 503-512-0185. This is a highly underutilized form of listener podcast host communication. Seriously, call me. Drop me a quick voicemail, and I'll do my best to include it in future shows. If you feel like helping out the podcast, consider giving a show rating on Podbean or iTunes, or writing a review on iTunes. That would be super-duper awesome of you. Thank you to Lux Pillow for sponsoring this Head to Toe podcast episode. Go to their website, luxpillow.com, that's L-U-X-E, pillow.com, to see their awesome products. And in your checkout, make sure to add the coupon code HEAD TO TOE. That's one word, all caps, H-E-A-D-T-O-T-O-E, to get 10% off your purchase. More episodes to come, more extraordinary stories, career profiles, and trending topics, as is the podcast theme for 2018. Thanks for your support, for listening. Again, thanks to Jorge Muniz for being today's guest. Thank you to Lux Pillow for sponsoring the podcast today, and thanks to Rhombus Rare for providing the intro-outro music of today's show. Thanks for listening. Head to Tonation. Until next time, take care.